Welcome in. It's the BCJ Podcast on BearcatJournal.com, a 100th edition special. It's the 100th episode of the BCJ Podcast. We are on the 8th floor of the Lender Center. We are sitting with Athletics Director Mike Bone and his Chief of Staff, Brandon Sosna. Gentlemen, are you honored to be on the 100th episode of this podcast? Congratulations, Thank man. You. That's terrific. Thank been, you been for including for us time. and allowing us to be a part of it. That's impressive. How, how often do you do a podcast? Uh, during the season, generally we'll go once a week. When we get into the off season, try to get in at least two a month. Nice. And keep things updated. And what better way to update on where things are as we head into another uh, – Nine, ten months of chaos. <laughs> Chad, who was podcast number one? Um, it was me. Just me. And uh, probably Tim Adams, I would think. I can't remember back exactly who. Um, it, well, there wasn't a special guest on podcast one. Now we've had, you know, Cashmere Wright has been a regular. And we've been working on Jason Kelsey. Um, he should be hopefully back on here in the next week or two. Um, Eric Hicks has been a regular from the basketball program. Um, try to get hopefully Tony Pike, Mo Egger's been on. So we've had quite a few, but none as distinguished as you two gentlemen. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you for helping uh, do a great job of fueling the intensity of interest in our base. I think that's something that's very, very important to us. So I salute you and your team for helping pull those things together. And so uh, thank you. Who was the, who was on the first uh, podcast? Just you and your It was me yourself. and it, it was whoever was, I think it was Tim Adams probably. Um, Tim I was think, probably like, podcast, what are you talking about? Yeah, I, I had to go to Tim's house and, like, buy the equipment and, like, set it up for him and get it hooked into his, his computer and show him how to use Skype. And uh, we've, we've come a long way since then. So, um, but, gentlemen, let's get started. We'll start with Brandon. Everybody, I think, is aware of, of Mike Bone, the athletic director at the University of Cincinnati. Brandon might be a little bit more off the radar, so we'll let Brandon introduce himself. Uh, the chief of staff here at, uh, at the University of Cincinnati. And uh, that way you'll have a, a basis of, of who he is when he chimes in in, the, in this conversation, Brandon. Sure. Thanks, Chad. Uh, you know, I would, I would argue that I was the, the Ohio cool guy before Coach Fickle made it cool to be all about <laughs> Ohio. Uh, I was born and raised in Cincinnati. I went to Sycamore High School, uh, left to go to school in Philadelphia for a few years, uh, grew up a huge Bearcats fan. All my earliest memories are, are tied to the Bearcats. The good and the bad, I was there when Kenyon Martin broke his leg. I was there when Tony Pike connected with Armand Bins and everything in between. Uh, the, the trips to Miami and New Orleans for our, our BCS Bowl appearances were some of the, the best of my life. And uh, I'm grateful and honored to be in the role that I am at UC. And uh, it's, it's rare, and I feel very fortunate to work in a place that uh, I care about so much and um, it's really wherever where I am in my life right now a dream job for me Mike when, when you got here he was kind of hanging around was it just he wouldn't go away so you brought him on he no I think that <laughs> uh, that uh, you know Brandon's being humble I think that uh, for him to be a manager for coach Cronin when he was in high school and the commitment that it takes to be a part of something like that and then to uh, uh, grow with the program and be committed to it and then be an intern when I walk in and I'm like, heck, we at that point, whether it was Ryan Coslin and company or anybody else in the department was like, well, we're a team. We want everybody to to, to help. And uh, Brandon 
uh, rose to the occasion every time, and uh, it's been fun seeing him grow along with uh, a lot of our other internal uh, staff. I think we've taken a lot of pride of promoting within, and I think when we have young people that can go from being an intern to a chief of staff in a short amount of time and other people uh, have ascension within the organization is, is healthy, and so uh, we're proud of that. Now you mentioned Luke Fickle. Let's start there. Um, obviously, you got to the point in December where you felt that a coaching change was necessary. You go into the hiring process. Where exactly was Luke on your radar, and and how did this kind of come to fruition? I know he was aggressive trying to get the job. I know from what I heard, there's, there was a lot of people around the state that were working hard to, to help him get the job. Where did he come from? Where was he on your initial radar, and how quickly did he rise up you know, to, to be the guy that ended up getting the job? Well, searches for, for coaches are very unique, and I think everyone uh, probably has a different impression of how that is. In other words, hey, it's just pick up the phone and call somebody. <laughs> well, I think with the nature of people like you and, that hustle and follow the program and other media outlets, it's very challenging because other coaches have great jobs, just like Coach Fickle had a great job, a high-profile job, a very successful job, uh, a well-compensated job. And when you have somebody that uh, you're trying to attract, it's uh, an interesting process to try and encourage them to be involved in the process, but yet trying to manage media, trying to manage outlets, trying to manage agents, trying to manage uh, other coaches that maybe are hearing different things, and so therefore they're not interested in being involved. I think the uh, network nationally is incredibly important uh, of your own to be able to reach out and talk to people and have kind of conversations and to begin to get some traction. But I think that uh, clearly the connection to Ohio uh, was first and foremost a critical uh, attribute that we really felt like we had to have. And I think when you've got people that care deeply about the University of Cincinnati uh, that are providing input that are helping, and I'm talking about former head coaches. So when you've got Rick Minter and talking about the different connections and the importance of that, and you've got um, obviously Coach D'Antonio and, and what he's loves about UC and uh, they care deeply about the success of the University of Cincinnati and I could go on and on with people that provided input from Coach Tressel to that doesn't really have a connection to UC to other coaches that were on staffs here uh, you know they all provide input and when Coach Fickle's name is consistently brought up then obviously you begin to uh, try and vet all those different attributes that he represents. And uh, I think in fairness, uh, you begin to think, okay, in our league, we better have a head coach that can, can move the ball. And you think of Brian Kelly and the success he had yeah. here and, and our offense and being prolific there. Uh, so obviously when you have a defensive coach, you, you begin to think, well, we just had a defensive coach and how does that work and so forth. But Luke was well prepared the first time we met with him. And the first question obviously is, well, hey, we, we respect your phenomenal reputation on defense. Let's talk about offense. <laughs> and and so that was the first question. And, and that's what we really wanted to have a good understanding about. So, uh, but again, I think it comes down to fit. Clearly it comes down to fit. And, and so when you talk about a fit for him, 
And if it for us, it's not a one-way street. And I think you're talking about family. You're talking about his network of coaches. You're talking about recruits. You're talking about fans. You're talking about existing players, uh, the existing culture on our campus. I think all those things, it's complex. And Absolutely. So, and so I think some people think, well, I'll just, you know, just pick up the phone and call somebody. Well, okay, <laughs> you pick up the phone and you call somebody. And, A, can you get them? Did you have to go through somebody who now knows you're calling? And now, you know, all the complexities associated with that. So uh, I was really proud of our um, ability to operate our search with a great deal of integrity, with a great deal of um, uh, privacy and a great deal of professionalism that I think was, was one that I'm extremely proud of. Funny story. And I know they like these on the podcast. So you, in this job, you're searching for every little bit of information you can get. And somebody connected through Columbus sends me a message saying that you guys are going up to have dinner at Luke's house. So I vehemently am trying to you know, figure out if this information is true or not. And somebody that might or might not be in this room, I, I said, dinner at Luke's house? No. Well, turns out you didn't have dinner. So we didn't have, was, we didn't have dinner. dinner. That is true. We didn't. We didn't have dinner. My information was squashed on technicality. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you didn't ask the right question. I, I clearly didn't. I said dinner at Luke's. The answer was no. We didn't. Have, we're not having dinner at Luke's. You, you were at Luke's. There was no dinner involved. <laughs> no, but and I think in hindsight, I think the the visit to his home was really important. Yeah. I think I think that connection and and having Amy be a part of that and, and their six kids w- was terrific. Brandon, he gets he gets the job, and, and you hear about this network of coaches that he has. As the names started coming across for who was interested and in, in wanting to come here for as an assistant coach, was it kind of mind blowing the names that that wanted to work for him? I don't think so. From the standpoint that coach was pretty forward from the beginning that he had great ideas for how he would build his coaching staff and how important it was to build an excellent coaching staff. I think we've been really pleased, obviously, with the work that they've done with the student-athletes as well as in recruiting, which has obviously been highly publicized. Um, But I I think as far as Coach Fickle selling his vision and and Mike addressed that, he was straightforward on what that would look like on the offensive side of the ball. But I think he was equally as confident in his vision for his coaching staff. And that's that's an important component of of hiring your head coach is who are they going to surround themselves with. I mean, the list of the, the, where those guys were before they came here and, and not fired from those places, guys still gainfully employed at Power 5 programs and, and looking to come here and work with him. I think that, that speaks a lot to, him, uh, to to Luke, who he is as a person, and, and people wanting to work with him, Mike. have you? Um, what has been your take on the overwhelming response to him here in town. I mean, he's already, and yes, they were hungry for something different. They were hungry. The fan base, I think for somebody with his personality, um, but it has to feel good being, he's your hire and everybody in the city is already rallying around him and his vision for the program. Well, it's not about me. It's really about the university. It's, it's, he's the university of, of Cincinnati's hire. And what do I mean by that is obviously our president, our, our board, uh, our major uh, leaders on campus, influential leaders on campus that are part of that. And you know what? My hat's off to Luke Fickle. 
I mean, from day one, his preparation, his uh, poise, his professionalism, his dedication, his competitive nature, his genuineness. I mean, I could go on and on. And he has been an incredible blessing to, to this community, to this university, to this athletic program. And I'm really proud to partner with him. And I think that's why it's important for your listeners and people that follow our program to understand that they, too, can play a significant role in helping Luke and this university be successful. And I think that from day one, it's something that that I want to be better at, and I think our program's got to be better at, and that's fueling an intensity of interest in the program. And uh, it is so refreshing to go to, and I'll just say who it was, to go to WLW and, and to who has been an incredible partner for us. And they carry our games. They're covered in 38 states at night. Uh, for them to say, how do we help Luke Fickle? We want him to be successful. I mean, that, that, that's unsolicited, uh, genuine approach to wanting UC and the Bearcats and Luke to be successful. And that's inspiring. That's inspiring. That's, I don't care what you think first, about, uh, you know, uh, in essence, a competitor of yours in, in some ways. But you know what? That, that's awesome. And, and I think that I could go on and on, and I'd prefer not to, to give other names out. But we're hearing, like that, cons- we're hearing that consistently. <laughs> and, and I think that's a reflection on Luke. I think it's a reflection on the way our department is trying to do business. I think that we have, uh, in the last... Uh, Three years and four months since I've been here, I think that we've had a lot of great partners on campus uh, trying to help us change the overall way we do business through relationships rather than transactions. And that maybe sounds like a, a, a pretty basic thing, but it is extremely important for us to do that. And I think the, the manifestation the response is really the manifestation of what Mike is talking about with fit uh, and that Ohio connection. And so yep. all these things that we're seeing are, are a direct response to that, that desire and, and that criteria for the head coaching search. So uh, that vision coming through now, almost August, go out, and win some games. That's, that's the next step. Well, I, again, I think that it is a, a daily process and I think whether it was, um, Luke's leadership in helping us deal with the unexpected challenge of having to move our weight room into the bubble. The uh, Thunderdome. Yeah, and, it, and I love the Thunderdome. <laughs> I go out there and turn the music up myself. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, to all the people around the program and to watch Luke's uh, leadership and influence help us recruit our, our men's baseball coach and Scott Guggins, I think, was impressive. And so I just think there's so many different uh, – leadership aspects that Luke delivers that, that we're, we're very, very blessed to have. Look, let's change gears a little bit to the, uh, to the building next door. Uh, walking in, I, I haven't been up here for a couple weeks, but you can see straight through. You, you look in from the west, and, and you see all the way through to the east now. I mean, it is, it is completely gutted to the studs, basically. Um, how's progress going? Uh, any update on, on you know, the where things are in the timeline and how everything's progressing. Well, progress is, is every day and and that's fun to see. So if you actually can look on the uh, West side of the building, you actually see on the exterior, the new uh, 
presentation of the, the that side of the building. Uh, the building is going to be painted here pretty soon. You won't see the red brick anymore. Uh, that'll be fun to, to see that progress. So it's neat seeing uh, demolition and also construction at the same time. And there's some really smart people that <laughs> put that together. And uh, it's really fun to see them do that. It, there's really a sense of optimism coming around. And uh, I couldn't be prouder of our team and, and our head coach. Uh, on how they've addressed this. It's a challenge. I mean, we, what, we're second in the nation? Help me, Cos. Uh, Ryan Coslin, our awesome sports information directors with this, too. What? We've, what, we're second in the nation with most winning streak. So I'm thinking, you know, well, we've got to be off campus and playing at, at, at uh, uh, Northern Kentucky University. And what does Mick Cronin do? He embraces it. He has a, has a tremendous challenge to his team, and he's embracing that. Uh, our fans are embracing that. We have over 700 new season ticket accounts that want to be a part of that and knowing that we're coming back here. And, and here it is, uh, what, J- July. So right. I think that's that's – inspiring to us that fires us up and i think that's back to that intensity of interest that we're talking about so i think that you know our women's volleyball team our our coaches off coaching the national team uh, abroad uh and, and the growth that she's having and i think that you start thinking about whether it was the football stadium investment to now to the arena to fcc to uh uh coach Fickle getting here, and now Coach Guggins and all of our other existing coaches. And since the time that I've arrived, and not about me, but that's the benchmark of where you begin to measure how we are. Right. I mean, we had a, a team ranked, what, 223rd in, in the uh, overall standing associated with all your different sports associated with with uh, the the uh, points associated with the competitive to your team. To be an 85 today I mean, that almost represents a 400% increase. And and you know what? Our listeners, our coaches, our student-athletes, our alumni, our administration, this community be, should be really, really proud of that. And uh, I think that's the challenge is the trajectory of that. Expectations continue to rise with that. And I know that um, – Everybody has high expectations for Coach Fickle, and mixed teams currently ranked is anywhere from 12th to 18th in virtually every poll. Uh, that's exciting as well, considering they're going to be off. So we have major uh, accomplishments and major progress. So the question is, can we continue to sustain that? And again, I think that's why it's important for us to have relationships rather than transactions to continue to bring as many constituents as possible into the fold that can help us fuel the intensity of interest in the program because when we're all together uh, in the time that I've been here going on my fourth season now, when we're all in, fans, students, band, cheer, dance, players, coaches, media, we I haven't seen us lose a game. When we're all in, well, I haven't seen us lose one. Now, we lose games when we don't have that on a consistent basis. So I think that's obviously our aspiration. So that's why I think we're committed to continue to do everything we can for our fans, our guests, uh, for people to begin to see what's going on around here. Brandon, you're like me. You've been in that place since it was built in the Shoemaker Center in Fifth Third Arena. Is it weird to go in there now and see it just walls and ceilings? Our team has done an amazing job working with our our partners on campus and and external partners to set up opportunities for staff to walk through the building. And and we had one last week. And 
I would almost describe it as bizarre because I was standing where the concession stands used to be. And I was where if you were lining up to get a hot dog, this is where you would stand. And I'm just looking out onto the court. And I was like, wow, this is what the view would have been like if I didn't have to walk up the stairs, down the stairs, and around the corner to get to where I wanted to sit. So it was actually almost a challenge to get my bearings once I was inside there because it's it's gutted and it's totally different. Um, But it's very exciting. I think collectively – we don't appreciate and we take for granted a little bit just the amazing setup that we have as far as our facilities here. Not just this building with all of our coaches and all of our staff being in the same place, but all of our facilities, our stadiums are all in the same place. And when you talk about Fifth Third Arena being an on-campus venue, it's really going to be one of the best on-campus venues uh, for college basketball in the country. And we're excited about that. And I know our fans who have been going to games for as long as I have and certainly much longer than I have uh, are going to be blown away by it Michael I think that ties into the conference situation in that the Big East money is is coming to an end here in the near future you you the 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 Nippert expansion has happened and and that's a revenue stream and the fifth third renovation is happening that's a revenue stream how important was it to get things like that in place to kind of have yourself you know in a stable situation so that you weren't grasping for straws and trying to figure out, you know, what are we going to do to to get extra revenue as this money comes to an end from the Big East? Well, it's interesting. You referenced the the football stadium and the basketball arena as a revenue piece. That's true. But it's also a significant expense. Yes. Uh, Our donors have been phenomenal in, in helping us pull that together. However, we still have exposure. There financially on those different pieces. Uh, we do have parts of both venues that were funded through philanthropic gifts and then another piece that are funded through bonding mm-hmm. and the revenue that you talk about that's a lift. So that balance is a significant challenge. And uh, I believe our fans and our donors and our sponsors and our partners have um, helped uh, create momentum there, but we have room for improvement there. And I think that's on myself, our external team, the entire campus to reach out and do that. I think that's why the FCC um, uh, project helps fuel some of that and letting people begin to see what's coming in and knowing what's going on at this stadium and on this campus. But uh, there's there's challenges there. So you talk about the, the Big East uh, uh, exposure, I mean, exit fee money running out, that's true. So in the short time I've been here, our uh, conference distribution has gone from around $9 million now to uh, just uh, around 4 and still shrinking beyond that. So that is a void for us. And uh, I think that's why it's going to put pressure on revenue streams and our base and our numbers to, to try and grow that. And so obviously that's why we constantly plead with our alumni and, and others to, we don't need them to make a million dollar gift. We'd love it if they would, but that we don't need them to do that. Buy a season ticket, come be a part of the program, come support that. Why is that important? So you start thinking about, okay, let's talk about how prideful we are about what Luke has done in a phenomenal way and swinging recruits in the local marketplace. Well, what's important to those young men? 
that come to play football here. They want to play in an environment that they know is special at Nippert. So can we consistently fill it? Can we consistently create an environment to give them an opportunity to be successful for them to recruit their friends to say, hey, you have no idea how awesome it is to come in and be a part of that. So that's why we're asking our alumni, our fans, our season ticket holders to expand and grow. And I think that if you look at the University of Cincinnati, the influence of our graduates, the influence of our school business, our engineering, our medical side, the nursing side, uh, pharmacy, all of our lead uh, anchors, law school, and you start thinking, okay, they all run – with great people and their influences, Bearcats are growing in the community. They're growing in their national reputation, all that. So we want that influence to also include their circles of influence. So everybody uh, loves to say, well, I know Bearcat. I know this guy. I know that guy. Well, you know what? Reach out to them and tell them, you know what? Come join in on this thing and be a part of that. And I think that's something that we are constantly pushing and something that is really, really important to us because TV is so good today. It's easy to say, ah, I'll just watch Mick on TV. He's playing UCLA. Wait a minute. Come watch him play UCLA in our brand-new building and be a part of something special. In fact, buy a season ticket, so now you got a good seat. And pretty soon you have the ability to come in early because you're a part of the Fifth Third Bank uh, initiative with what we're doing there and generating that sense of excitement. So, uh, again, that's why I think the uh, transaction part versus relationship part is critical for us. And we're making progress there, but we we certainly have room for, for many, many people to join us in that effort. Absolutely. And you're not quite there yet, but looking ahead, I think it's 2019, the TV deal for the American Athletic Conference expires. <clears throat> where Where is the future of that? Is it streaming platforms? Is it the traditional? Is it a combination uh, of between Tier 1 rights and Tier 2 rights and Tier 3 rights? And uh, what are the, you know, some of the internal thoughts on how you approach that and, and attacking the AAC hopefully getting a bigger chunk of the pie and, and finding a, a bigger chunk for Cincinnati as well in there. Well, it's all of the above, and I think that's why Mike uh, Oresco is, is uh, critical to pulling that together. I mean, he's a former TV executive, and I have a lot of faith and confidence in Mike to to be able to deliver on that, and that's why he's highly compensated and why he's uh, uh, well-respected nationally to pull that together. The expectations are high. Because clearly we're we're behind there and falling further and further behind, and so uh, that's a big challenge for us. So how do we help with that? So when ESPN rolls in here and it's full and they're excited, just like it was for FCC soccer the other day, that was nice. That was a nice trigger for people to go, boy, that Nippert's amazing. Even the next day after the game, people going, boy, that Nippert Stadium at the University of Cincinnati is really, really cool. Well, that's good. We want TV to think Nippert's cool and special, and we want them to know that Mick's got the second longest win, uh, winning streak on, uh, in, in our building. And so how does that happen? Our fans, our environment, our recruiting, all those different pieces are all tied together. So we've got to ensure that TV recognizes we're playing a tough schedule, and my hat's off to Mick for playing who he's playing. Uh, we've got some great teams coming in here to play in Nippert coming down the stretch. I mean, who would have thought we've got Nebraska coming in here? I think that's great. UCLA coming in here in 19. 
I think that's a, an incredible game for us. And so uh, we've got to do our part to give Mike uh, marquee games to market so that he can take them out and put that together. And you know what? The whole league's got to do that. And I think that that's why I expect our colleagues in the league to step up with their scheduling and their performance and I think that's why in basketball we have high expectations I mean we need everybody from the top to the bottom in this league to get better in basketball and to invest in basketball what does that mean charter debts jets marketing uh so they can get their students there and create home environments that tv wants to be a part of it so i think that we've got to do a great job of supporting the commissioner so that he has the ability to go out and have something to sell Brandon, from your perspective as a, a younger guy that is up to date with the technology, how big a role do you think streaming is going to have by 2019 when we when we get to that point? I think that's what everybody's watching. I think from Power Five conferences all the way down, that's what we're all we're all waiting for that first one to pop to see what the the future looks like. Obviously, much has been made ado of some of the challenges that ESPN has had recently, and and some other networks that are that are making changes. But I don't think that the value of live sports content has d- diminished at all. So I think the composition of these agreements is going to change, but I don't know that the value of them is going to change. I think that there's still plenty of value, especially a- as we all know, additional competitors in the market might be a good thing. So obviously Twitter is jumping on board with the NFL yeah. to a greater extent. So I think every single conference right now is is watching because we all know that our, our TV deal might be up in 2019, but there are, there are others that are, are next. And others that are next, that, that always brings us to, to the realignment question and where things are trending. And, and obviously nobody knows for certain until something happens. But what's your read on where the conference situations are right now? And does it seem like they're settled off until – Maybe we get to that point where the TV contracts start to come up and then things start to rumble again? Or uh, what's your personal read on uh, how the tea leaves fall at this point in time? Well, when I think back of being a part of the national landscape change before, there's similar sense of of some type of movement somewhere i don't know what that means i don't i think that commissioner oresco is doing a heck of a job with our power six initiative i believe that i believe that uh, the university of cincinnati specifically is a high profile institution that is doing some incredible things because of a lot of partners and a lot of relationships that are doing good things and that's what we've got to con- be committed to and uh believe that Mike and other national leaders around the country recognize that, and we have the ability to take advantage of that. What does that mean? I don't know. That's why I think it's important for us to do everything we can to enhance our profile on a daily basis. That's from wearing your Cincinnati Bearcat shirt to uh, uh, wearing it proudly anywhere you go in the country to talking about the university to uh, uh, being a part of it. I get all my realignment information from Moose, so I don't have anything to add to to your viewership and your listeners that they aren't already reading. All right. Brandon's done with this interview. He's answered his last question. <laughs> uh, uh, scheduling. Uh, you guys have had some success there. Uh, I've There's some things in the works, obviously, that, that we can't get into yet because they're not official. But what has the response been from the Power 5 schools, both football and basketball, 
when you're trying to schedule. I know it's difficult. I know not all of them uh, are eager to, to play a group of five school that has the opportunity to beat them. Um, what are the challenges, and how, are you, how have you been able to, to have some success as a team getting some of those games scheduled? Well, I think, again, it comes down to relationships. I think the you know my history with UCLA is 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 one I'm proud of, and we're thrilled to have a home and home in basketball and a home and home in football with them. Uh, I think Cos knows what what is our record at Cos on Thursday nights ten and one, roughly at home and, and Nifford ten and two. So you know what uh, everybody says? Well, just schedule a marquee game and play on Thursday night. ESPN will do it. Well. Teams know we're ten and two on Thursday at home in Nippert. They're not real thrilled about coming in here. They know Mix won twenty six, twenty eight games, whatever it is in a row. They're not real thrilled about coming in here, and so uh, it's not as easy as many people think. But again, I believe we've worked hard to uh, provide games that our fans want to be a part of, that are high interest fans. I think the Marshall series is one that I'm excited about. Why? They're close. They travel. We care about uh, regional games and uh, their history, and so it's a big opportunity for us. I think it'll be a full house, and uh, we like that. I think having other marquee games coming up, uh, uh, I can't name names, because, but they're Power 5 schools that we're working on that we should be able to announce here in the near future that we're pleased with. We've got Indiana in football. We've got Indiana home and home, Pitt home and home, Nebraska home and home, UCLA home and home. Uh, I'm probably missing a couple, Brandon, help me. I mean, that that's those are the marquee games, and uh, I think that's a commitment to our fans. We're asking them to come and be a part of something. We want them to come see some games that they can be excited about. Chad, it's also probably a more thoughtful calculation than than most people realize, too. Obviously, we want to play every Power 5 school, and it would be great just to call them up and, and play a game. But certainly we have to answer the question, is this good for our programs? Is this good for our student-athletes? But also there, there are travel expenses involved. Uh, there are different things involved as far as trying to project how you'll do in ticket sales and things of that nature and the interfacing of that with how it might help or hurt season ticket sales and things like that. So it's not just, hey, let's – play a power five, but certainly there are considerations for expenses and potential revenues that we're also factoring in so that it makes sense. When's Alabama coming to the, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, well, moreover on that, I think, I think that it's important for our fans and people with the program to understand that we want people to come watch Cincinnati, you know? And so what is coach fickle selling all the time about, and, and all our coaches, they're talking about, hey, come here, and our fans are going to support you. And with our local ties with these recruits now and all those different things, that's going to help us. So I don't care who we're playing. Let's let them know that the, that the Bearcats in Cincinnati is going to get after your tail when you come into Nippert Stadium because we're going to, we're going to grow that and create that a competitive home field, home court advantage that's critical to us. I mean, uh, Mick does a great job with uh, keeping that winning streak alive. But guess what? He's also constantly, as we are too, challenging our fans that, hey, we better be there because we need you to help help with a couple missed free throws and a, <laughs> and a couple stops right. down the stretch. And, and our base is, is great at that, and, and we love that in them. And that uh, really inspires us. And that's why we want new venues and make commitments to, to our fans because we want them to have a great experience. As the uh, the football season quickly approaches, or what six seven weeks away, I think from from kickoff, um, any update on the the progress of the video board, um, the things that are going on with that, and, and what are are there going to be anything new game day 
you know, that you're going to be able to experience on campus uh, this year? Well, I, as I look out in the stadium, I see some people out there fooling around, doing different things. So I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> we're not we're not ready to obviously make a, any announcements today, but uh, we have made progress, are making progress through relationships and partnerships. And uh, so we're, we're excited about what we've got cooking. Let, well, let's see if we can't pull these last couple pieces together. It is uh, a significant challenge. Uh, why? Just because of the complexity of our stadium right in the middle of campus. Uh, the complexities of timing, the complexities of engineering. Uh, and people may say, what is he talking about? Well, you know what? That big scoreboard is like a big sail. And yep. uh, you, when you put a bigger one up and a heavier one up, you better make sure it's reinforced right because uh, we're not in the interest of putting them up twice. It weigh, uh, weighs about 40,000 pounds, so if the BCJ community wants to all go out there and help lift, lift and hoist <laughs> that thing up, we could probably use the help. But we, we anticipate some enhancements that I think our fans will be excited about. And, and lastly, I know you guys are busy. you got a lot to do. Um, overall, just as an as a overall state of the program, how do you feel like the, the, pro, the, the university has progressed uh, since, obviously, you're only – um, starting point is from the time you arrived, but there are challenges, and uh, and I don't know if you realized how many challenges there were when you took the job, and how many different obstacles there are to overcome here. But how do you feel like the the forward momentum and the progress is going? As you've mentioned, the, the momentum behind Luke and um, mixed success with the basketball program and you know, track and field, all Americans, and all the other good stuff that's been going on. How do you feel that trajectory is right now? Well, it's interesting. First of all, I think you have to look at the entire institution, and I think you see the trajectory. You mentioned that of academic profile, uh, number of applicants, uh, national rankings are all on a steep slope of growth and progress. And when we can match that athletically, I think that says a lot. And I mentioned it before, but a 400% increase in our competitiveness across the board, I'm proud of that. And that's not something that that uh, I do by myself. That's something that our coaches do and our fans do together and our campus and our staff and everybody hustling and rowing together. And I think we talk a lot about togetherness and about teamwork. And I'm really, really proud of that. And I think that you can only look at – unprecedented conference championships in women's track and field back-to-back, our first female national champion in track and field this year, Uh, other uh, national um, and first for the campus. I could go on and on. I mean, Kaz has a brag. She does a great job of that that are important. I'm really, really proud of that. And uh, I think uh, others should be proud of it. Alumni should be proud of it. Our fans should be proud of it. But we should also recognize that now that that trajectory and that's, that incline of growth on the positive is in place, to mimic that year in and year out is a big, big challenge. But that's the expectation, and that's what we want to do. And I know that that's what Coach Fickle and all of our coaches talk about and Coach Cronin. Uh, I mean, he won 30 games last year. I'm sure Mick's thinking, well, I've got to find and figure a way to win more than that and advanced into the tournament longer, and he's going to have a hell of a team. And I know the prognosis for Coach Fickle's first year, everybody's not expecting a whole lot. Well, guess what? He is, which makes me believe, why not? 
And uh, I think that's why we're asking so many people to be a part of it, to help us do that. And I think that's why relationships and togetherness and people being all in will help us do that. Brandon, you ever pinch yourself thinking grew up so close to this university and, and around it as much, and now you're in the position you're in as the chief of staff of the athletic department? And is there ever the day you wake up and you're just like, this happened fast? <laughs> yeah. I, I, like I said before, I just I feel very fortunate. Um, uh, I'm very thankful to, to Mike and, and to everybody else here who's embraced me. I, If you would have told me seven years ago when my parents wouldn't even let me go to UC just because of some of the, the nature of where the institution was at the time, that seven years later I'd have an office overlooking the 50-yard line in Ippert Stadium, I would have told you that would be impossible. So uh, I every day, uh, every day, I, uh, I almost – I feel like this might offend anybody who says they have their dream job, but like I, I really do. And so, uh, I think it, it's, it's a never been a more exciting time to be a Bearcat. Uh, I, I think that our fans are starting to sense that too, despite some of the, the other things. And, uh, it's, it's special around here right now. And I think we can all take a lot of pride in that. All right, gentlemen. If uh, I, if I could Chad, I, I'd like in closing, I, I just really want to salute our staff and our team in the department, I think that we are all in. Uh, we care deeply about this this uh, program and what it represents to our alumni, to our university, to our community, to our league. And uh, we take it very, very seriously, and we're, we're all in. And uh, I think that's why we're encouraging others to, to be a part of this and help because uh, everybody has a role. And uh, I think that's why we're proud of what, what's going on. And uh, I'm proud, again, of our staff and our coaches. They're the ones that are recruiting great student-athletes here. And uh, uh, I'm a big believer in uh, uh, the fact that high tides rise all boats. And when you've got Mick, uh, you know, winning 30 games and you've got Coach Fickle and Coach Googs now and all of our other coaches, every single one of them is in a better place than where they've been. And so it, it truly is rising them all up. And to have a 400% increase competitively is is really incredible. And uh, to try and sustain that sense of of growth and improvement is is a big challenge. And uh, I think we're up to it. In fact, I, I, I don't think we're up to it. I believe with all my heart we're up to it. But it, it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of help. And uh, if everybody will continue to help us grow our base and grow the intensity of interest in the program we're going to be in good hands for the long term all right mike thanks a bunch appreciate it mike bone athletic director at the university of cincinnati brandon sasna his chief of staff cause on the couch cause you episode 101 no no cause doesn't like doing the on-air stuff <laughs> cause is the best i'm really proud of cause too he's great and uh i'd be remiss if be remiss if i didn't say go bearcats all right that's it Episode 100, special edition of the BCJ podcast is in the books. I'm Chad Brendel. We'll see you next time on BearcatJournal.com.